0: Welcome back to the
1: Gentleman's Dojo! dojo. Oh, Steve! Yes, I'm Carrie. excited! Me too! I'm excited! Super excited! This is not about me making fun of you or you attempting first. to me make fun of me. Val. Yes, this is all about love today, Steve. Oh, yeah. It's like Valentine's Day here in the Dojo Studios. Oh, We that are far. very excited. Yep. part two we've never done a two-part episode before it's true this is a very special after school edition two parts <laughs> the one where where is it G- gordon jump goes after dudley <laughs> at the bike store the maytag man <laughs> who is now a trips. child molester yeah remember that <laughs> awful remember he was like typecast after doing that he was trying to get dudley into the, the yeah stores oh, yeah. For free bike. yeah yeah never Poor heard dudley. from him again by the never way, never did no. uh although if they did make a made for tv movie Roy Wood Jr. could be the grown-up could Dudley. The could be. Dudley. We're excited. Listen, we're very excited. We're very excited. We're doing yeah. a part two of somebody. This is I, I very excited. Yeah. Very I, excited. Think
0: of all the guests we've had, what, 76, 77 episodes? That many. Yep, yep, yep. This could be the most anticipated one yeah. for me. Where Exciting. I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I, Exciting. I'm super pumped about this.
1: Exciting. Well, it, it does definitely lead back uh, we had on Chris Porter, and you and the gang went down to San Juan Capistrano, saw Corey Feldman's the show. The Corey Feldman. Yes.
0: And his angels. Yes. Angelic to the core. Yep. We saw the concert. Uh, blown away. I think all of us were anticipating, as comedians would be, Yep. a little pessimistic, let's go in. Sure. Let's have some laughs, and we'll leave. And then we all left thinking, wow, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you like it. Great guy. Great show. Um, just like a great presence, like you wanted to root for the guy the whole time. Yeah, and um, I, I like I think we had mentioned in, in part one. I think half the people were there to because they are genuine fans curious. of his music, right? And then there's another half that's curious. You want to see the spectacle. You want to see what is all the hubbub about? And we definitely went in thinking, you know, assuming the worst, and yeah. we completely got just sucker-punched. We yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, this dude's pretty sweet. So, love the show.
1: Well, you posted this huge, huge article on your Facebook page yep. about how you went in thinking what it was going to be. Yeah. Thought it was going to be one way. Completely turned you the other way. Did all the guys you went with feel the same way? Or what?
0: Everybody. Really? Everybody. Before the show, we were all laughing, like, yeah. oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be so funny. Uh, we got to take pictures. And then, you know, within the first song or two... We're kind of looking at each other like it's pretty good, and then the middle of the show was like this is actually pretty fun, right? And then the end show it's like we got to do this again, sure. <laughs> so it was, it was that kind of vibe the whole show. And and look, this is you know I mean you've been around comics, mm-hmm. I mean, you would you don't call yourself one, but uh, sorry, hangers on, <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, look, it was it was absolutely a, a great time. Yeah. I would strongly suggest to anybody instead of going to see a movie that you're going to be disappointed in. Take the fifteen twenty bucks, go see Corey Feldman, um, and especially if you grew up in the seventies or eighties, yeah. it's a fun walk down memory lane to have him tell the stories or uh, sing songs from like Lost Boys and stuff. It was pretty sweet,
1: and it was fifteen bucks to go see this guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, and now he's on a big tour. He's in fact, uh, we were going to mention this. He is calling us from the Midwest. Yes, so he it kind of forewarned us. Hey, listen. I'm going through the Midwest. The coverage is pretty shoddy, but I'll do my best to make the call, and hopefully the call sticks. But, yeah, he's all over the board. I mean, he's really just traveling and making this whole music thing a big part of his life right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, We are five minutes away from Feldmanity, as Chris Porter would put it. Okay. Um, But you think about—look, here's the thing. It is so easy to watch those videos on the Today Show. It's so easy to watch those clips and and think it's funny. Sure. I guess. I mean, you know, I think especially with the internet these days, it being so cruel and vindictive and everybody feels safe in a cubicle or in their home typing mean shit. Right. I think the difference when you go to these shows is that you're actually listening to the music, you're not seeing the spectacle, and you're watching somebody who is thoroughly giving it 100% and not phoning it in. Right. And I think that's the difference. Sure. Um, and it's – I'm not saying everybody's doing that. I'm not saying it. But when the Today Show servers crash because they can't handle the traffic because people yeah. want to see it, yeah, I think there is this curiosity factor of seeing this – Kid that was so iconic with all these movies in the 80s, and then it's like, wait, he's doing what? He's right singing, and he's uh, he's got these g- god girls dressed as angels. What's going on, you know? So, I think there was that curiosity factor. You,
1: you, you said something too, like, he's in great shape, right? You said he's in really good shape. I gotta tell
0: you, like, as a dude who I, look, we're both of a certain age, right? <laughs> we eat on the road, we're like, we yep. gotta get in shape. I mean, yeah, the yeah. dude. He he came out doing the Lost Boys song, leather jacket, yeah, no shirt, right. And I would too if I was in the shape. Sure, it, it looked like he looked like he just got done doing P ninety X.
1: Right, and somebody's squirting him down in the back, squirting his abs down. <laughs> he looked I mean, awesome. Listen, aside from his music, I mean, you know, I, I I'm gonna go check it out, and I'm I'm sure you're gonna go back to see another show. I'm going. But to. I love his movies. I mean, look at all of the movies that he's done, and I mean. I don't know if I could pinpoint just one or two that were my favorites because there were so many, you know, Lost Boys, Goonies, Gremlins, uh, licensed to Draw. I mean, h- how many are there? I mean, there's just so many great movies that in terms of our age and our age bracket yeah. that go down in history as easily some of the best coming-of-age films well, ever. You
0: know, Stand By Me, I mean, sta- you look what Stand By Me did that influenced—if if there's no Stand By Me, I don't believe that there's a Wonder Years. True. Um— and everybody remembers the pie eating contest, but it's such a great coming of age film. And and all four of those characters, you felt for every single one of them. It was so fleshed out and well developed. And then, I think everybody coming out of that movie, you're thinking, oh, River Phoenix is going to be this huge star. And then, you know, look what happens. But here we go.
2: Uh, oh, I'm
1: so excited, Stephen. We're we've ready got to, do to this? welcome. If they want to do it on my
2: room, that's fine. But that's one.
1: Hello, hello, Corey. How are you, buddy? Hey, guys. How you
2: doing?
0: Dude, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us uh, about about the music, your career, everything. Just we, we really appreciate it, man. Honestly, thank you so much. No
2: worries. It's a little crazy right now. Timing is a little weird because we just pulled into town. We haven't had service for the last few hours. So you're catching we up? We got into our new hotel, so uh, we actually have to unload the entire... RV right now, but I'm going to try and do this. So I, I probably don't have that long, but we'll do the best we can.
0: Of course. Absolutely. I, I got to, you know, let's just, and, and I know I, I wrote that Facebook post and then you responded to it. I just got to say on behalf of, and, and since I put that post out, there's so many comedians that truly, truly are fans of yours. Um, I know Eliza Schlesinger just took a picture. She posted it. She was at a bar. I mean, there were so many comics that, were, that wrote me that were so curious about the show Comedians, as you know, you did an evening at the Improv years ago. We can be a little pessimistic, maybe on the negative side. <laughs> there was a group of us yeah. that went in thinking, okay, we're going to have some laughs. Dude, we all came out of it converted fans. And oh,
2: thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I got to tell you, that.
0: we absolutely love the show, and you, you absolutely care and that's the thing I really being a performer myself and Gary and I were talking about other performers even Porter we talked to him earlier today Chris Porter another comic we were talking about so many times you feel let down by these iconic bands you'll spend so much money to go see what is your drive what is it you're it's almost like I don't know to me it was almost like you're you're letting everybody know hey this is it man I'm into it I love this and you were going for it it was absolutely great
2: Well, you know, it's just a lifetime of being an entertainer. (laughs) You know, this is what I do. So for me, it's just, you know, I'm just doing another show. I mean, I, you know, I don't really look at it in any other way other than, you know, obviously we're we're quite happy that all the shows are selling out and we're quite happy that there's a good buzz around the thing. And, you know, obviously the success of the last album has been tremendous and, you know, obviously very, you know, rewarding and inspirational as an artist because, you know, that's what you want. Um, And also coming from a guy who, you know, it was almost like, like, you know, my my music career was like my dirty little secret for like 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we put my music in films, we put out my albums, we did tours, but it was like only the cult, the hardcore cult fans were, were about it. Until, like, the biggest thing we did was the the Truth Movement uh, performance at the Santa Cruz Boardwalk where we had 15,000 people. And that was the first time I was like, okay, this is what it feels like, <laughs> you know, to do a real show. And that was kind of the first one. And then from there, it's just gone up and up and up. But it's been you know, it, you, you go back and forth, you, you you do one thing and you make some headway and then you get kicked back. And, you know, of course, with all the, the negative press and the controversy and all that stuff, you know, then it, it sends it back the other way. So this is the problem. Imagine if every time you went on stage, you know, you had a group of people that were destined to try to make it look like your your act wasn't serious or that you weren't you know, a a professional comedian. Right. You'd be like, what the hell? You'd be like, what are you, crazy? This is what I do. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's my life. Right. You know what I mean? But it's that's almost the feeling, is like these people trying to constantly say, oh, yeah, but what you do isn't valid. Your music isn't real. Your music isn't legit. Your music isn't whatever. Or your performance isn't, and, and you just go, like, what are you talking about? Because when you look at the fan's faces, and this has been the same since I was a kid, I mean, I go out there and people scream, you know, and they have a right. great time, and they rock, and they, have a, you know, they sing along, they dance, whatever, you saw it. You know, so that's what I experience at every show. So that's where, you know, there's a big disconnect because on one side, I'm looking at every show I've ever done. It's always been the same. People have a great time, and my fans know that it's going to be a terrific concert, but for people who buy into the media P.S. and they get caught up in it, they go, oh, it's going to be a joke or what's this going to be? Oh, it's probably going to be, you know, unprofessional and it's a train wreck or, you know, it's like, guys, come on, I've been doing this for 35 years. You really think I don't have it together right now? Right. You know what, How to put a show on, you know? Well, what is so, it you anyway. think
0: that creates the curiosity factor? Because the initial Today Show appearance, you guys, you crashed the Today Show servers. I mean... That's how, that's how much traffic was going and making this video go viral. What, what is it you, you, that you think spurred that?
2: Uh, our first opportunity to ever perform in front of a massive audience. Yeah. I mean, you got to realize I've always been kept down, like always. Like, anytime we volunteer, like, you know, 9 11 happened. I was in 9 11, there were all those big concerts for 9 11. I should have been a part of that because I was there. I was part of it. I was with Michael Jackson. It was a historic thing. And I offered my services, and it was like, not sorry, no room for you on this telethon. Not sorry, we can't give you that spot. So all my life, every time I've ever tried to be a part of, like, the things that matter, to do good stuff, to do good charity concerts, to do good benefit performances, things like that, I've always been X out of. They've never given me a primetime spot on a talk show to perform. They've never given me you know, the opportunity to do giant concert halls and, and, and stadiums and things like that. Even though we know we sell them, it doesn't matter. They won't give us the opportunity because they don't want to give me the credibility to make it look like our act is for real. For whatever reason, it's this tug of war with the media. And this one time, it was like, I almost think it was set up in a way like, hey, fine, let's get rid of them forever by putting him out there and putting all this negativity and this negative press around it to make people have one good laugh and then he'll get so humiliated that he'll never come back and he'll be done forever. And I really think that was the intention behind it. And then instead it backfired because everybody got the opportunity to see what we do. Right. And they went, What are you talking about? This is awesome. You know, I wanna see more. So did you and that feel kind of opened a whole can of worms that they just they weren't expecting. But I knew. I knew, give me that shot. Give me five minutes of America's, you know, attention, and we will prove them wrong.
0: And did you feel there was redemption in the terms of the viewership and the fact that you got to come back Absolutely. and do Take a stand a second
2: time? Well, not just that, but the redemption also came in the form of selling out of every copy of my CD. Yeah, You know, it came in, you know, the form of, of you know, hitting number 32 on the Billboard charts for the song Go For It. Uh, I mean, you know, it came in, in many forms of validation, but mostly the biggest validation was the thousands upon thousands of emails and Facebook messages and Twitter messages. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of people saying, thank you for continuing to do what you do. Thank you for, you know, not letting them keep you down because Mm -hmm. you're my inspiration to keep going for it. You're my inspiration to keep moving forward. And that's powerful. You know, you, you, you start seeing, you know, kids who I talk to who are in high school or junior high and they're cutting themselves. Or, you know, they're depressed because they let people bully them and, you know, they don't know how to stop it and they don't want to go to school anymore. They don't want to they don't want to wake up every day anymore. You know, they're in severe depressions over it. And they see me who's gone through all the stuff that I've gone through in my life. Rape, molestation, you know, all these terrible things and all this negative press and all this, you know, crap from everybody. And yet I don't lay down. I just keep moving forward. I go, oh, well, that's a thing. Next. You know, because yeah. I know in my heart that my true fans, and there's millions of them all over the world, are going to be there to watch whatever happens next. It's almost so like I'm not worried about you,
0: it. You became a voice for the underdog. Is that fair to say in in terms of everything yeah. that's gone on since the videos? Well,
2: yeah, there's and no, there's no mistake that the last song on my new album is "Working Class Hero." Right. Because and, that says it all. I, I, here's you the know, thing the I. The words to that song really say, you know, it really, you know, identifies me in, in my persona because it's like, you know, I've worked my whole life to be the average guy. Yeah. Well, I got to
0: tell you, you're not the average guy working with those angels. God bless you, Corey. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I also have to tell you this. You. you know, the thing is, I think so many folks like myself, I was born in 74. I grew up with you. You're a big part of my of my life in terms of these iconic films. And I know you. I identify you so much with these films. But then when you go down the rabbit hole and you see your career play out on YouTube, you that's when I learned you've been singing the whole time. It's my fault. I've right. known you for Goonies and stuff. So when I see you and Bud Friedman is introducing you and you're performing at the Improv, it's like, this dude's been singing the whole time. And you closed your show. When you said, I, I'm closing the show with a song I wrote when I was 15, I go, look, this is going to be garbage because nothing, anything, anybody writes at 15 is going to be, dude, it was the best song of the night. And I'm like, that's oh, why you closed Dude, it was you. fucking thank awesome. You. I'm not lying. Thank and so much, it went on you. for like eight or nine minutes. You got the whole Great. crowd yeah. singing. You're on the tables. We're all singing at the top of our lungs. I felt like I was at Oasis singing Don't Look Back in Anger. I'm like, this is fucking great. It's an epic closer. And that's when Got I good. really appreciated the fact that music has been in your whole life. And it was it was like an education for me now as a fan that I really appreciated. Um, I know Gary Cannon has a question for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: and I was wondering, Corey, like obviously there were those times when you wanted those prime time spots. You wanted to jump in and help out and do the telethons for 9-11 and everybody kind of shunned you. Do you... Care about doing that stuff now, or because you've kind of done things of your course. own way, you're no, kind of like no, no, "f no. you." I
2: don't hold resentment. I'm here to help. You know, I'm always going to be on the winning team. You know, whatever, whatever I can do to push people forward, to motivate people, to inspire people, to continue doing good deeds for each other, to helping each other. I mean, that's what the song "It's So Simple" is. You know, you were talking about that song. That's what it's about. It's it's so simple, and the point of the song is that it's so easy. just give a little you know people are so selfish and they're so stuck up on their own thing and they're worried about money and they're worried about finance they're worried about their girlfriend they're worried about whatever and it's like you know in all of our selfishness and all of our gluttony we overlook the things that matter most and we also overlook the simplest solutions and the simplest solutions really come from giving because i'll tell you how it works it's it's Positive energy creates positive energy. Negative energy creates negative energy. Now, I understand. I've been a comedian, too. I did stand-up. When I was 15, I was doing stand-up. I played, you know, Catch a Rising Star in New York. I played at the Comedy Store. I played at improv. I did it all. But I decided early on that I didn't have the heart for stand-up. You guys, (laughs) you know, have to have actually tougher skin than singers do. Because as a singer, they either relate or they don't. But they don't sit there and, you know you Most of the time, <laughs> sure. or, you know, talk crap to you the whole time and not yeah. let you finish your performance. It happens, but not as you know readily as as when you're doing stand up. When you're doing stand up, you're really really going into the war zone, you know, and uh and you know when I'm on a good day, I don't mind bantery. But if I'm uh, if I'm feeling sensitive, you know, and that's the thing, you know, as you know, you have to get up and you have to be funny whether you're in a good mood or not. And I'm not good at that. (laughs) I'm good at being funny when I feel like it. But if I don't feel like it, forget it. So I knew right away, like, I can sing and dance no matter what mood I'm in. Because it's letting out, you know, this kind of burning fire inside me. But when it comes to to comedy, it's a whole different world. Well, I want to... Sorry. sorry, I want to ask you this, too.
0: You know, I know that there... I I know you've had this uh, friendship with Michael Jackson. And there's a nice tribute in there that you do... But the one thing I, I think that maybe there was some correlation between you two is that when I heard like um, the the song you did on um, on the Today Show, uh, Take a Stand, where when you performed it live and there was, there was like two or three other songs like that and it goes back to what you were saying a second ago, where you almost like are relaying the message of an outsider but also being very inclusive of everybody and a loving message. And that's what I always got from Michael Jackson's music and videos. And that's definitely what I got from, it, it seemed like your songs and the message of your songs.
2: I, I, am I fair to say Thank that? You. No, that's beautiful. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That means that you were tuned in and, and actually listening, you yes. know, and that's what we hope for. We hope that, you know, Beyond the Corey, I drove an hour. I was definitely life. listening to you. <laughs> oh, well, you. you no, know, but you know, seriously, you know, people drink and they get there with their buddies and they have a good time and you know whatever. And a lot of times you miss it, you miss the message, you know, because you're not really listening. So you know, I always appreciate it when I find out that people actually got something from the show, and especially something on an elevated level, because that's what it's all about. But that night in particular, you were at the coach house, right?
0: Uh, I was at the San Juan Capistrano.
2: Yeah, the coach. House, that yeah. was the very first so, one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So at that show in particular, I noticed, and it happened during the second song, but it was like, it was kind of cool because, like, okay, Something in Your Eyes was the first song. Mm-hmm. And that was fun, and everybody was on their feet. But there was this, like, look where, like, 25% of the audience had this kind of, like, raised eyebrow smirk on their face, like, oh, yeah, what's this going to be about? Yeah, yeah, impress me.
3: You so know? you saw me. And that
2: was probably more so than any other show so far. Yeah. But we really felt that when we walked out there because it was the first show and it was a lot of new people and looky-loos and not, you know, the regular fans. And so it was like, uh (laughs) uh-oh, you know, what are we going to be dealing with here? And then when we broke into Ascension Millennium, the second song, it was like halfway through that song, I literally saw that smirk change on everybody. Yeah. At the same time, it was like this went from like this kind of skeptical kind of, you know, cynical look on their face to, like, a really inspired, just kind of, like, beautiful smile. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, but, like, there was an elevation that occurred amongst the entire room, and I felt like we really did ascend together. It really felt that way.
0: Yeah, do you feel like there's almost, like, this, you know, with with that that portion of the crowd that is going to be there for the curiosity factor do you feel that there is this almost like chip on your shoulder or like a like fuck you i'm gonna prove you wrong dude watch 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 what happens Uh, i'm a professional but
2: not but not in an fu sort of way it's more in like a hey you know what look at i'm gonna bring you something you didn't even expect right you know let's get there together let's go have this fun together let's let's light up the night and let's let's just be in the awe of the beauty of it all you know because that's what it's about it's positive music it's positive music, positive messages, and, you know, hey, it doesn't hurt to stare at a bunch of gorgeous girls while we're (laughs) doing it. So, you know, (laughs) there's nothing negative about any of it. You know what I mean? So if you walk away from something negative or with something negative from it, then that's in your own head. And how did you find the angels?
0: (laughs) How how did you find these angels? Like the girl that plays the violin and the keyboard, she played the violin? She was extremely talented.
2: Yes, extremely talented. Yes, we're very lucky to have her. She's the musical director, in fact, for the show.
3: Okay. And,
2: um, you know, let me tell you, it was no easy feat finding these girls. It's (laughs) been literally, I mean, I'm saying two years of intensive rehearsals, auditions, firings, bringing new girls. I mean, like, literally, we've been refining and refining and refining this band for two years straight, trying to make the perfect mix of people, of musicianship, of talent, because at the end of the day, there's, you know, we're asking a lot, a girl's got to be young, a girl's got to be beautiful, a girl's got to have a good enough body to wear that outfit, a girl's got to be highly skilled to be able to play, like, 30 or more songs from all types of different genres, and, you know, they've got to learn all this material, and, like, well, some of them, like, drummer who came on... Literally 11 days before that first show, yeah, had to learn 22 songs in 11 days, you know. So, we're talking like extreme professionalism and intensive work schedule. I mean, we've been going non stop. So, like, you'll notice the band from the Today Show is a totally different band than the band that we're on tour with, aside from Brittany, the guitar player, she's the only one that's the same, right? But every and Courtney, of course, but I mean, like, all the other girls are new. And it took us, you know, a long time to find those girls. I mean, literally, you know, we would have these drummers. It was the craziest thing with drummers. I don't know what it is, but it's a rock and roll thing. (laughs) Like every rock and roll band will say the drummer is the crazy one. And we literally went through so many freaking drummers. And every time it'd be like a girl would come in, she'd be gorgeous, she'd be beautiful, she'd play it perfectly. We'd be like, yeah, you're the one. And she'd be like, yeah, you know what? I just realized that. I can't go on the road, I've got this thing, and I'm
3: I mean, we just like, what? Are you crazy?
1: I have like, this baby. Why would you go
2: learn somebody's material, backwards and forwards, three songs, and come to an audition, right. do it perfectly, have everybody love you, and then you talk numbers, everything's cool there, but then you're like, nah. you know, I just, I, 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 never mind, I changed my mind. And we would get stuff like that, and it would drive us crazy. So, you know, and then you go through 50 girls that can't play or they don't have the right look or they don't, you know, and then you find one more and then something happens with that one. You get all excited and then something goes wrong. I mean, so we had that on and off and then the other band members start getting discouraged because they see one falling out and they're like, well, this isn't for real and we're never going to make any money at this. So then they leave, you know, it's just to keep the morale up, to keep everybody psyched, to keep everybody excited and moving forward. It's a lot of work. And especially with girls, I've never worked harder in my life to keep a band together than I have since I've started producing a female band. I mean that, really. (laughs) (laughs) These movement guys are a cinch. I mean, you know, it's no problem. Like, hey, we got a gig, all right, we plan our rehearsal days, we all show up, we do the gig, it's done. But like with these girls, it's been something else. But finally, (laughs) finally, we have a solid group of girls that I'm very proud of, I'm very pleased with, and i'm I'm very, very excited to move forward and and tour the world with these girls. So I think we've got I think we've got our solid group now.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. how how's the tour going? Where are you guys right now? Where are you guys heading? How's right now, that? We, we just pulled into Green Bay, Wisconsin. okay.
2: and we're doing a show here tomorrow night. So we've got the night off, which is nice to so get out of the RV and stretch our legs for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, but we've been in hell. I mean, this has been, we call it the angelic RV, which has been anything but angelic. It's like literally we've blown four tires on the road. We've had <laughs> it's like road refrigerator rules. refrigerator blow out like five times. So all of our food's been ruined. We've been transferring it in and out of things. I ended up smashing off the back end, pulling out of a gas station the other day. So our entire back end of the thing ripped off and we had to duct tape it back together i mean the heater's been out we were freezing we woke up the other morning because we had no furnace i mean you know electrical problems you name it literally every problem you can imagine has gone on this freaking road trip but somehow we persevere we move forward it makes you stronger and, uh, we're we're here and we're ready to rock. But so when you're remark, when you're driving
1: remark. Corey, when you're driving through the Midwest you gotta stop and get gas somewhere and you, you go into like a shell station, is anybody oh, like freak out. Yeah, I was like, is Corey Feldman filling up that Winnebago? Like what's going on here? Like is that right, is that exactly. what happens? Well, security security mostly
2: does the filling up, but yeah. They'll see me jumping out, you know, and going to get coffee or whatever. And, you know, I drive half the time on this trip. I mean, when we go do the summer tour, we're going to do, you know, we're talking 40 to 60 dates if we do this tour, which is, you know, looking more and more likely every day because we're selling out all the shows and we're getting offers left and right. So what I'm thinking is we're probably going to do like a 40 to 60 day tour in the summer. And for that one, we're getting a bus with a bus driver and I'll be sleeping in the back. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that crazy to think that the, the, that you're driving the bus, you're taking it around, like you're in charge of making sure everybody gets from point A to point B. Well, you B. can't
0: let the drummer
2: drive. She'll, <laughs> she'll leave halfway through the tour. She'll well, just... no,
1: that's just it. I mean, there's me insecurity
2: security, and we, we, you know, we kind of switch back and forth because you know we don't, we're not going to make the band do it. They
1: can't drive, you know. Right, Corey. How yeah. old are you, by the way? 22. <laughs> 22. I got to tell you. Same age as Chelsea Handler. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Corey,
0: I got to tell you, you came out during the, you sang a song from the Lost Boys, and you right? come out, you got the leather jacket, no shirt. I'm like, oh, fuck this guy, man. <laughs> and then it's like you're shredded, and I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd fucking do that if I had that body too. God bless you, Corey. Yeah. I mean, fucking uh, jacked.
2: so much. Well, let me tell you something. That's, it's from a hard life of, vegetarian, strict vegetarian diet. You know, I uh, I don't ever waver on that. I've been vegetarian for almost 30 years. And I don't drink alcohol. And I don't do hard drugs. And I don't smoke cigarettes. So it's healthy living, you know? Healthy living, you're going to have
1: a good body. That's just the way it works. That's not us, Steve. That Steve, is, Steve yeah. and I go out on the beach and we, we wear a one-piece. <laughs> yeah, we... You know, every week when we hit the, the road, we eat. you
2: dedicate yourself to. Yeah. But for me, it was never about... Like health, really, or even looks, it was more about just my love for animals. So I just stopped eating animals when I was like 12 years old, and didn't realize that I would have all these benefits derived from it. But I, I, you know, I got lucky, I guess. But
1: is it Steve and I work the road a lot too, and we you know, we go to the same places throughout the Midwest that I'm sure you guys are hitting. Is it harder to eat healthy and all that good stuff when you're on the road, oh, or yeah. you're so programmed well, now? That's it's okay.
2: why. That's why one of the things, you know, the refrigerator is such a big deal for us on the road because. We've got literally all of our vegetarian food, all of our vegan food on this bus. And my my wife, Courtney, she's a strict vegan. So she's got to make fresh vegan stuff every day. She's got to make these shakes and these fruit smoothies and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So we have to have her, you know, her Powered Veggie Max or whatever (laughs) sure thing. You know, we've got to have her pressure cookers and her steamers. So we've got a full-throttle kitchen going here. And we pull over every night and we make fresh vegetarian and vegan food for the band. We feel the same
0: way about Arby's. I think is what we're we're driving at. Yeah,
2: not at all. Not at all.
0: Corey, I got to ask you. You've had this storied career. I mean, you've literally your resume is stacked. You've done everything. You've been working since you were, you know, a baby. Is this the most gratifying part of your professional career? In terms of you know all those films, you had a. By the way, you had a string. Of films that anybody would be happy to be associated with just one of them them, right but you got to do a ton of them is this though the most gratifying personally for you being out there with your tunes that have been with you for so long
2: well yes i mean this is you know this is definitely the dream you know this is what i've been working so hard for because as i said you know for a long time it was just getting people to take it seriously or you know the legitimacy of it all you know, like, come on, guys, already. Jesus, you know? I, I always say it took me 30 years to become an overnight success in music, which is literally what happened, right? Yeah. I went for, like, 30 years of, like, putting out albums and touring, and nobody outside of the direct fan group noticing. You know, it was like the rest of the world was just on, you know, mute or something. And then all of a sudden, with the Today Show, it was like, boom everybody knows Mm -hmm. and everybody's into it and it's like cool you know so now we're just stoked we're just stoked i mean there's really no other way to put it we're so grateful and so happy to be able to do this to share this music with so many people and there's so many people wanting to see it every show is sold out we just found out you know the next show is sold out and the next show is sold out it's like we're selling out every night so i i couldn't be happier with that now There is another side of it, which is I still make films and I still am very proud of my film work. So, you know, while we're doing this simultaneously, I'm producing a movie right now for Lifetime about my life, which we haven't really announced in the press yet, but it's happening. So literally we're doing both things at the same time. So that's shooting in LA while I'm producing it, you know, over the phone and through, you know, text messages and emails and whatever. Uh, but I'm basically trying to be on the set virtually while I'm out here. Um and then there's another film that I have coming out, which I starred in where I play a Tranny Vampire, which is gonna be a crazy horror film that's coming out later this year. So I've got my full production stuff going on both sides. Yeah. So, and I'm you know, and, and as long as we're making it, I'm proud of it. You know, long since, you know, the days where I've just been a hired actor are gone, you know, and mm-hmm. it's been it's been quite a few years since you know, we just kind of go on auditions and do all that stuff. I don't do that anymore because that that stuff was driving me crazy, you know. But yeah. as long as we're making the film, you know, we're producing it from Coy's Angels Productions or whatever, then I'm happy.
0: Well, I, I do want to ask you this because, look, one of your best friends was the iconic Michael Jackson. I, I know you guys were tight. W- what do you think he would say? about this moment right now for you in terms of the touring, you're going out there, you're making music, you're selling out. Oh, what would his response be? He'd be very be?
2: proud. And yeah. especially some of the shots that I've seen from the tributes. You know, I mean, there's some beautiful shots and beautiful photography people have been taking. and Some shots where it's like kind of eerily really similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where like, you look at this picture, you're like, wait a minute. I mean, there was literally, there's literally footage that people put up from the performance where I'm like, wait, is that Michael or is that us? You know, and that's kind of cool. Cause that means that I'm doing it right. You know, and yeah. the fans are really, really, um, they're really gravitating towards it. They're really, you know, appreciating it. So I know that he would be proud because if they're, if they're buying it and they're feeling it, then I know that he would be proud. Like, you know, we watched Dream a Little Dream in the movie theater in Neverland once. Me and Corey Aime went over to Neverland and we showed him Dream a Little Dream. <clears throat> this was like late nineties. And, um, you know, he'd never seen the movie, so he didn't know anything about it. Oh, he wow. didn't know that I danced like him, and he just started busting up, you know, because he was like, oh, my God, look at you. Do? Oh, my God. He's <laughs> looking at dancing. Go, Chloe, go. You know, he was, like, really into it, so he thought it was funny. You know, he always thought it was funny when people, you know, tributed him in any way, but... Uh, especially when it was a good friend of his, you know, he would just kind of chuckle and get off on it. (laughs) So I don't blame him because I do the same thing. I see kids dressing up like me doing my moves or whatever. And I get the same kind of reaction. I just got to giggle because it's cute.
1: It's funny. What was, what was your favorite movie to work on? Well, I mean, you you have so many great movies that we all love. What was your favorite?
2: Oh God. Well, to work on as a kid was the Goonies, of
1: course, because it was a great kid adventure. Yeah.
2: Um, But, you know, again, I'm really I'm very favorable to the work I do today for for really versus, you know, the work I did as a kid because of the fact that as a kid, I was, you know, I was a hired gun, I was just, you know, a working soldier versus now when, you know, I actually know what I'm doing and I'm putting real thought into it and I'm putting real work into it and craft and, you know, really trying to make quality work. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, as a kid, I just got really lucky and I was just kind of bumbling into these awesome opportunities, but not really having any appreciation for it. Whereas now I appreciate everything I get.
1: And is it is it a little different, too, because when you're a kid actor or even when you're an adult actor, everything's taken care of for you. Right. Because obviously people want to treat you right. You're working on a big budget film. There's craft services. Everybody's just handling you because, you know, you're the star of a movie. And then you go out and do this road show. And like you said, you're you're working with a busted refrigerator. You're driving the the Winnebago. Like, is it like how different is that for you?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, luckily I'm not a jaded egomaniac who sits around like everybody watched, it, but you know, like that's just not my style. Never had. Um, I'm a very hands-on guy, and you know, like I said, just a normal guy, really. Um, I mean, obviously a bit eccentric, or you know, have my nuances, but um, we all do. Um, any artist, I would say. But, you know, overall, I mean, I don't mind getting my hands dirty, <clears throat> you know, if it's for the for the good of the common man, shall we say, or the common angel at this point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, I got to tell you, um, look, I've been a fan. I, I actually read your your choreography uh, bio book. It, you're very brave to come out and, and reveal and be so open and honest with the things that you did in that book. Um, and then to see literally like within a year, I'm watching you live and dude you, you you just seem like a great guy you seem like you come from a place of positivity and you're not out there to blame anybody else you're like picking the world up by Ooh. its own slacks and, and and getting the work done on your own and i i can't thank you enough for taking thank the you. time man i I
3: really appreciate uh, God
2: bless you. it thank you and well, I, will I really s- appreciate you you know let me say as far as comedians go you're all right no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> i'll take <laughs> that know, man you gotta realize i grew up you know i grew up like in comedy, like that was my life, like literally before music, I, I transferred to me. I mean, well, I guess it's probably 50-50 because my dad was also in the Strawberry Alarm Clock. So I was always around music. But at 15 years old, you know, other kids were like trying to get into like clubs or strip bars. I was going to the comedy store Wow. and I was hanging out with Sam Kinison and that's, that's right, where yeah. I spent my nights. You know, at the Crest Hill House, and with all of the guys with Jimmy Schubert, with the Todd, with all those, you know, Carl Webley, all those great comedians yeah. in the '80s. And that's where I was raised. That was my education. So I did that from like 15 to 18, and then I started like going and hanging out backstage at all the rock shows. You know what I mean? So I literally got my education from the masters on both sides.
0: That's why you're a cool guy.
2: (laughs) You know, generally, generally comedians are really dicks, (laughs) you know? I agree. Yeah. Unhappy people. They're very depressed people. And they usually take that out in their audience. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but. There's every once in a while you meet enlightened comedians that are still funny, still edgy, but just don't have to go around with a chip on their shoulder. Right. And, and it's refreshing to see. So thank you guys for, for being who you are.
0: Well, dude, we wish you yeah. the best, continued success on the tour, and we will be seeing you, yeah, when, I think, uh, April 23rd. There's a group of us coming with even more comedians. And, dude, we're going to be rooting so hard for you, man.
2: Beautiful. Well, I can't wait to see you guys again, and we'll, we'll get you upstairs this time so we can all take a good picture.
0: Hell, oh, that'd yeah. be awesome. That'd Love be great. it, Corey. Good luck on the tour. Perfect. Stay warm in Green Bay. All the best to the girls, and we'll see you soon, pal. Thanks
1: for taking the thanks, time, guys. Corey. We appreciate it. Have a great day, and enjoy that nice warm weather in LA. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> we will. All right, pal. Well, <laughs> thank you, buddy. Take Have care, a good man. show tomorrow night.
2: All right, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Wow. What a that good dude. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. What a yeah. good guy. But that's, like, when you talk to him, you can hear how, like, positive and upbeat he is, and you think with, dude, if you read his book, it's just like... This guy has every reason in the world to be angry of course. and pissed. Yeah. With uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too graphic into the book, but it, it's right. it's it's some pretty rough stuff. And you hear how positive he is, and that's also what you see reflected when you see him live. Sure. Um it was just great. So I look forward to seeing him again. Hopefully you can join oh, us. Oh, I'm coming. I yeah, know yeah, you're yeah. Not doing I, I, you're not kidding.
1: <laughs> Steve, it's a Saturday night. How do you know I'm free? <laughs> I gotta I got we gotta rip off that idea from uh, Keen about uh doing that uh talk show thing. Oh the guest yeah. <laughs> yeah guest of honor. Um what well, a good dude. So I'm excited about it, yeah. Uh Corey I would Feldman. Just love to, I would just love to be like in Green Bay at like, you know, a supermarket and be like, Is that Corey Feldman pulling up in that R V? Like with the But then you see like eight girls, you're like, That's yeah, not yeah. Corey Feldman. That's Corey yeah. Feldman coming out. By the way,
0: I'm telling you, that dude was fucking ripped. Like yeah, Spider Man like ripped. I bet. Like we're like, what the yeah. fuck I guess I gotta get a be a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we gotta stop eating like eighth graders. Cool.
1: Um,
0: I'll pass. Well, we cannot thank Corey Feldman enough. Yeah. Um, what I think that there's so many folks that maybe will listen, or you're thinking the worst, or you're gonna think you, you're, you're gonna go to that show thinking oh, this is gonna be a joke. Look, sure. the joke's on you. The guy's yep. great. He's a fucking great force of energy, very positive, and I look forward to seeing him again.
1: Yeah, thank you, Corey Feldman, for calling in. What a great uh, show! I loved it.
0: Awesome. So, at Cannon Comedy, Gary Cannon, at Steve Byrne Live, uh, my new Showtime special, Tell the Damn Joke, comes out Friday, April 7th, 9 p.m. on Showtime. I will be in Boston this weekend, Cleveland next weekend, and we'll give you some more dates later. Um, That's it.
1: Thank you for listening, everybody.